0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Draft Smashers Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Aniano, sitting with me as he always does here in the Draft Smashers studio, my partner, colleague, co-host, friend. Mr. Eric Corsini, Eric Wednesday, February 25th. Last show of the month of February. Draft Smashers on the air exciting times, a lot to go through.
0: How are you, my friend? Good. Um March means baseball for sure. Yes, it's here. It does. It's here. It does. It is. Still snow on the ground here in New
1: York, but it's here. It's here. It's here. We can always put on the MLB network and uh see sunny green grass down in Florida and in Arizona. Aaron's hitting
0: baseballs, meeting the media. Oh, so
1: he's a saint. He's great. What a giver that guy is.
0: A lot going on. Want to get to it all.
1: We've got a fun show for you lined up here tonight if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand on Blog Talk Radio or at any point on iTunes as well. The phone lines are open, 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Give us a call. Chat room's open as well, so uh, feel free to chime in there. Uh, draftsmasters.com, Rotoballer.com. You know the routine with all our sponsors. DraftSmashers.com actually just got a nice reboot. Make sure you check it out starting today. Looks the great. site looks terrific. It really does. Uh, news feed is up and running. Articles are going up. Get on. Register. You register for free. But make sure you go to DraftSmashers.com. Really, really terrific stuff, especially for the daily sport fantasy sports player. Uh, we have it all covered there, so make sure you check it out. And as always, on a Wednesday night after you hear the end of this show, uh, I'll be joining here right here on Blog Talk Radio at 9.30, Roto Baller Radio with uh, Real Talk Ralph, and uh, we'll be on the air right here on Blog Talk Radio at 9.30, so make sure you check that out as well. Uh, a couple of quick tidbits here for football people out there. Fantasy football, Reggie Bush released today by the Detroit Lions. A.J. Hawk, inside linebacker released by the Green Bay Packers. And you're going to see more of those releases come through over the course of the next couple of weeks in the NFL, as free agency is about to yep. start, and uh, it's always a wild and crazy time. And we'll update you throughout the even though baseball season, we'll update you about all the latest on uh, fantasy football as well as as news breaks. So we've got a lot going on. I'm very excited tonight. We have a terrific guest. Uh, it's funny. I, I consider this person a friend, even though I've actually never really talked to her. We've just you know Facebook message and and messaged each other here and there. Uh, Andrea Lamont, rotoexperts.com, dot com, the true legend of fantasy sports. Uh, she's going to be joining us, and, and she's a terrific guest because it's 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 groundbreaking in the world of fantasy sports. What she's accomplished, she is the first female ever to be in the Tout Wars fantasy baseball contest, uh, being held in New York City. Uh, the weekend of March 22nd, March 23rd, which hopefully we'll get up to at least Foley's yes. and, uh, and hang out for a little bit with some of our friends there. Hopefully uh, That was a good uh, time. It was a good time last year. Hopefully, Lenny Melnick's allowed out late that night, and he'll meet us for a drink at Foley's this year.
0: Very disappointed last year. <laughs> that, was the, that was the worst part. That was.
1: That Man. was. Lenny wasn't allowed out, so hopefully uh, Lenny will be allowed out. So we're going to talk to her in just a minute. We're going to talk to her about ToutWalls and some of the changes and what she, the games she's going to be participating in. We're also going to talk to her about a little bit about the Washington Nationals, and then you and I will continue the conversation and go into some National League East fantasy baseball preview. But uh, you know, good to me. yeah, let's get right to it. Let's get Andrea. She's on hold here. Let's get her on the line. Andrea, Anthony, and Eric here. How you doing, my friends?
2: It's a pleasure to meet both of you. I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. <laughs> great having you on,
1: Andrea. Thanks a lot. And, and just start out. Congratulations. Tout wars. Um, I, I honestly, I don't think those guys have a chance. I'm, I'm looking I, forward to updates
2: on that. I'm excited. I, you know, I can't really decide if I'm sick to my stomach because I'm like so nervous about it. I have the first pick too in the snake draft. I mean, it's it's a lot of different rules too the way that we're doing this Tout Wars. So it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. It's like completely different rules than anybody's ever used before in Tout Wars or any other league.
1: Yeah, they they released the new contest this year, uh, uh, expanded it, you know, outside of the Tal Wars normal mixed league and NL and o- AL only leagues. And uh, Andrew is in our AL uh, NL yes. only league as well, so we'll be fantastic. Uh, I'm gonna feel bad <laughs> when I beat her, but what are you gonna do? But anyway. We are—they're uh, going with the uh, the Chandler rules, and and Andrew, if you don't mind, for for people who haven't heard of that, and I've read a little bit about it. Can you update everybody? Give everybody an idea of what the style of game you're going to be playing in Taut Wars this year?
2: So ChandlerPark dot com is a new uh, monthly fantasy league where it's really cool. I mean, it's kind of like the. The best of both worlds the daily game and the yearly league. And so you only play for a month at a time. You draft a team. uh, You get 23 active players and nine bench players. And you don't – that's all you get. There's no trading. There's no picking up players. And each player has a set – Value and you have three hundred dollars to build your team with. Um, they go by different stats than normal. So in pitching, you have ERA and you have saves plus holds and wins plus quality starts. Those two are interesting and, and just just in itself, mm-hmm. trying to get used to those. And then also strikeouts. So um, the saves plus holds, I mean, it brings a whole other realm of perspective on closers. And so and, and you really deal with a lot of. The schedule, the Major League Baseball schedule, because you want to get pitched, you know, you want to get a guy with six starts rather than five starts in that particular month. Um, Just those five innings could increase your stats by a ton, you know. Um, On the batting Mm -hmm. side, you use on-base percentage instead of average, home runs, and then Mm -hmm. you – there's a stat with – it's called runs produced, and it's actually runs plus uh, RBIs minus home runs. So – I guess the best way for me to explain it after I put these numbers into my Excel spreadsheet and made a column just for, (laughs) just for that particular stat. It's interesting because a guy like Carter that plays on Houston, that hits a ton of home runs, but doesn't get a lot of RBIs and doesn't get a lot of runs, he suffers greatly in that category. So you're not really out looking for the most power. You're looking for a guy that can like get you some, some runs, some RBIs and some home runs. So the,
1: so the twenty-five home run, forty—I shouldn't say forty, but sixty RBI guy doesn't have the value per se as as another player would there with twenty-five home runs. Am I reading that correct?
2: Absolutely, like um, for—that's exactly right. And then a player like uh, Matt Holliday, for instance, uh, went ho- moves very high up in that category because he scores a lot of runs, he scores a lot of RBIs. He doesn't—he does not get a ton of home runs so because actually in that category if you look at it that way home runs are like a little bit of a they're a penalty now if you have 25 home runs and you only have you know 50 or 60 runs and rbis that is a big chunk taken out of that so that's what you really have to look at there
1: excellent now you have now how does it work then after the first month there'll be another draft
2: so um, normally at Chandler Park, uh, you can go to Chandler Park, you pay $10, you have $300 to build a team. It's just like the daily game in that respect. Like that. Um, and, and every, you know, eight teams out of 12 could have Mack Trout on it if they wanted to. Uh, for this Tout Wars, though, is going to be an exception to that rule. The first month only, we're doing a live snake draft where the the values are set. Uh, so there's only 10 teams in this league, but so it'll be me, and then it, it will go all the way back to the snake draft, come back to me, and then y- you still have the $300, and every player that you purchase, the money comes out of that $300, so you still have to buy 33 players, but there can't be the same player on two different teams in that first month. After that first month, there's deadlines each uh each month to get your roster in for the next month. And so basically we just pick a new team from home. And after the first month, like I said before, any team can have Mike Trout. You can have ten Mike Trouts or two Mike Trouts mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: Interesting. Now, Andrea, i got to tell you, and this is totally true, you are striking fear in people in this league, and I have the proof of it. As you know the uh no no I do I have proof I got I an email in, in I know in I the, you know
2: for I was trying I wasn't going to call you out on that one but it's pretty funny Yeah
1: the NL only league that we're putting together that we put together right. here um you're in it Lenny Melnick, Evan Tarasiano, uh a couple of our listeners have joined. It should be a fun 12 team NL only auction. One of the members of the league and I won't I won't say any names emailed me asking the draft date to get pushed back because he didn't want to reveal any secrets before tout uh, because he's going against you that weekend. So uh, the original draft Uh, date got reset out of fear of the Roto lady. And uh, (laughs) I got a good chuckle out of that. I mean, that's the ultimate sign of respect. I will absolutely. not draft until after town. I mean, God bless you on that. That was absolutely terrific. I loved it so, when, when know, I got I just, that email. I,
2: I loved it too, and Lenny and I cracked up for days. <laughs> I was, you know, I was talking to Chris Mitchell the other day, and I was expl- telling him that. And my only advice for this person is that, first of all, the the NL only league that we're in together and the Tout Wars, the Chandler Park League, they're completely separate leagues. It's two separate games almost. Like, they're, I'm not even going to be targeting the same guys in that league. They're going to be totally different values, and it's completely different statistics that you use. And And so it's not going to affect my pick anyway. Like I said, I draft first. I draft first in this league, so really I'm not going to be able to really, you know, steal your guy and I, I just think that it's so important don't spend so much time like worrying about what other people are going to do it start like looking at the stats at Chandler Park start like reading you know the benchmarks from last year that's all you got to go by is what happened last year and at ChandlerPark.com they have a lot of really good information they have like the last three months of Chandler Park all of the stats for the expert leagues they have a 12 team expert league that competed each month last year just to try it out and so For each of those months, you can go into the website, look at each of the stats, where they finished, and you can kind of, I mean, if there's anything to go off of, that would be it, right? So um, instead of, like, worrying so much about that, I think it's important to pay attention. You know, I I am so flattered by it, though. It's just super flattering.
1: Yeah, I mean, I read it. I chuckled. I thought it was great. But uh I did. I thought it was great and I I couldn't even argue with it. I'm like, Yeah, we gotta change the date, obviously. That's a no brainer. But um right. I do I, I do I do need to uh uh let you know that now for about two years I have had a bone to pick with you that we never actually spoke about. Brilliant. Um it. I heard you the the very first time I ever heard you on a podcast.
0: Oh Lord um,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I purposely didn't tell you this because I wanted it to come from the heart. But Absolutely. It might not have been your first appearance, but it was a, a podcast. Um, uh, uh, Lenny sent me the link, actually, one time. Uh, and it was you predicting an elbow injury uh, for Matt Harvey. You remember?
2: Of course I remember. I feel like I totally jinxed that guy, and I'm not going to do that ever again to anybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm at, no, I'm at I'm at the All-Star Game, and it's the All-Star thing down here in New York City. I'm from the West Coast, uh-huh. so everything is new to me here. It was exciting to go downtown Manhattan and go to this All-Star Game Fest and stuff. And all of a sudden, Scotty's like, you want to come on the air? I mean, I hadn't even prepared or anything. I guess, you know, sometimes that's the best way. But, of course, he pulls up. And Matt Harvey, I mean, I had been watching him. With his whipping back, like his recoil after, you know, after the release of the ball, how he whips his arm back, you could just tell, like, some pitchers have really smooth delivery, others pitchers, they just have violent delivery, and I mean, it's pretty much a given now these days that... You're going to have Tommy John surgery, especially if you don't have a really smooth delivery or if you don't throw a knuckleball. I mean, you're pretty much might as well just get that out of the way at the beginning anyway. But So yeah. I'm not going to jinx anybody anymore. I almost jinxed Matt Scherzer because I was like, he's just bound for something bad to happen. Like, don't say that. <laughs> oh,
0: jeez.
2: Don't say that. <laughs> don't don't say draft it. him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when I
1: tell you within a day or two of and I, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge Mets guy, but within a day or two of Matt Harvey's injury, there was the email sent to me, the link, and I said, wow, that's that's impressive, but at the same time kind of scary. So right. uh, I've held that in for a while, and I did have to call you out on it tonight. But, um, Andrew, let's have some fun. I know uh, uh, I wanted to talk. We wanted to talk a little NL East, and I wanted to get you on just for a few minutes besides talking about all the tout wars and all the excitement of that. And it really is terrific. Congratulations, first female and all of that. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, about what's clearly the premier team in the National League East, and that's the Washington Nationals. Uh, But look at them from a fantasy perspective. and, And the biggest name on that team offensively, Bryce Harper. Okay? right. Everybody, people drafted him in the first round last year, probably undeservingly based on the year before, but everybody expected the explosion. And we know the explosion didn't come. And now I'm seeing in mock drafts that we've held, and, and he's still going yeah. early, round three, round four, for a guy coming off a god-awful year. Are you willing to take that earlier pick on the projection, on the potential superstar? Like, like, what is your feel on that? Because I'll be honest, I'm a little torn over it. I feel like if I miss him, I'm going to miss him. You know, it's going to be devastating, but I yeah. feel like if I draft him, I'm going to be annoyed because he's, I know. he's just not going to live up to the hype. What do you What are your thoughts on Harper?
2: Well, so he's kind of like an entity in itself. So I mean, everybody kind of goes into drafts with their way of of drafting, and mine is really I gear towards Adam Jones, Carlos Gomez, like McCutcheon types that have done this experience year after year. They don't get hurt, you know. That just that this you know the large sample sizes and stuff like that. Harper, but. Is very intriguing to me, okay? Because of this Trout Wars League that I'm in, Mike Trout is forty-one dollars. Okay, I have the first pick. Bryce Harper is fifteen bucks. The, I can get three Bryce Harpers, like. I could get almost three yeah. Bryce Harpers. I could get a Bryce Harper and an Encarnacion for the price of Trout. So, what am I willing to do here? Am I willing to not draft Mike Trout for forty-one bucks and go ahead and go with Bryce Harper? So, I've been doing a lot of research on Harper, and you know, one of the things that I think is worth pointing out with Harper is that the last two months of the season last year, he hit ten out of thirteen home runs uh, that he hit during the season, and I just really think that that says something about how they finished last year going into this year. Matt Kemp is another one. You know, just. Finish the season like he used to play. Um, Harper has it in him, no doubt. This guy is a hundred percent running the base paths. Even on, a, you know, when he walks, he runs. When he he just runs. He's just this is a kid that everybody. When you enter the major leagues that early, there's going to be some problems with maturity, like running into the wall because you don't have <laughs> like the you just aren't old enough. I guess you just haven't figured it out yet how close the wall is yeah. when you're running full speed into it, and you get these injuries that but. People will call him injury-prone, and I'm yet to really give him that title because I don't think that they're injury-prone injuries. They're accidents. They're Because he doesn't pay attention, you know, just faulty things that um, may be accident-prone but not, you know, not injury-prone. And I think that Harper is a super interesting pick, especially if you're playing in a one-month league like this, the very first month of the season. In 2013, he hit nine home runs in the first month.
0: Hmm. So if
2: he's healthy in the spring, there's several players that I'm looking at really closely in the spring, like Miguel Cabrera, Mike, uh, not Mike Trout, but Bryce Harper is one of them, just Carlos Gonzalez. I want to see what they're doing with their bat. Ryan Braun is another one. I want to know how are they hitting, how are they making contact, do they look healthy. And so a lot of times we put all this into spring training stats when we shouldn't. But these types of things are important. With Harper, I want to see how he's running. I want to see how excited he is. And I think the Washington Nationals are going to be excited just in general. I am tempted to draft Bryce Harper in the first pick, in the tout wars, and I'm willing to spread it out to everybody, and I don't care if you hear me. (laughs) It's no big secret. (laughs) In any other league, I would draft him, absolutely, in the third round. If he makes it to the third round, I would not even consider passing him up.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah, and the value there. Interesting. I'm interested to see what he goes in an NL only as well. Because uh, the potential to be a superstar is there, that's for sure.
2: I think um, that his auction value is going to vary depending on your league. I mean, I think it's going to vary a lot. Probably one of the players that has the most variance in their value. Like, depending on who's in your league and how much they like Harper, how much are they are be willing to pay for him. But I would be really aware when his name gets called that if he goes for anything less than what you think he's going to I mean, bring back, especially in an NL only league. God, he could be just gold, fantasy gold.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
1: he really could. There's no doubt about
0: that.
2: Now, the other
1: player that is another type of play, though, that like you said, who we're watching in the spring. Like to me, the Nationals fantasy wise are pretty. I mean, you look at that lineup; you kind of know what you're going to get from a Denard Span, an Anthony Rendon, uh, Ian Desmond. To me, Ian Desmond's the number one shortstop on a, on a standard redraft league board because at the very least he's gonna play every day compared to the two Lewickies of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Um but but Zimmerman. Ryan Zimmerman mm-hmm. moving across the diamond to first base. Still third base eligible in what is most people say is a thin position. A little less wear and tear on the shoulder, hopefully at first base. Uh are you counting on the rebound or are we still going to see the same Ryan Zimmerman who's going to be out for chunks at a time due to injury? And again, how much are you willing to invest there?
2: Yeah, I've not had Ryan Zimmerman on my team. I don't think Maybe I think I did one year, maybe in two thousand nine or eight. I mean, I don't trust him and like I said before, I target people with a past history of staying healthy and this guy right. if he was maybe qualified at second base i might reconsider this but just because he's qualified at third and first this is not that exciting to me there's a lot of players out there that are qualified there and i do think that he's going to miss time even if he's not injured i think they're going to give him some time off you're going to miss at bats you're never going to know when and that's just really the unreliability of guys like ryan zimmerman
1: right yeah, I agree. I'm I'm afraid of him. If he's there late, obviously a uh, a late round guy has some value.
2: Um, I'd much rather have Pablo Sandoval.
1: You'd rather have Sandoval, huh?
2: Absolutely, really? no doubt about it. Lenny and I have argued this every day for the past week. <laughs> because uh, I'm I, a hate, I hate
1: agreeing with Lenny, but I might have to. Pablo Sandoval to me, he does not interest me at all. I went to the home run
2: tracker, you know the home run tracker at ESPN, they have that, you can track where the home runs go?
0: Right, yeah. And
2: in San Francisco, the um, dimensions of the outfield, okay, I know the green monster is high, so that's Lenny's argument, but it's 50 feet closer than in San Francisco. And the center field is fifty feet closer. And Pablo Sandoval hits his home runs to the left side or the right side only. He does not ever hit it to the middle. And I know he didn't have the greatest year last year, but I really think he's gonna do well in Fenway and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a re a rebound year. That's just See, me. I, think, I just think I, he's going am... so low in drafts. Yeah, see, to me, Pablo
1: Sandoval, I think he's makes his. I think he makes. I think he's going to go too early this year because people are going to remember the postseason, kind of like uh, Mike Mustakis or an Eric Cosmer of the Royals. Yeah. They're going to go earlier than deserving. Pablo Sandoval is a nice third baseman. He's probably in the twelfth, you know, thirteenth ranked third baseman overall. But there are guys I'd rather have.
2: Plus, I'm afraid he's just big contract, big belly. I I, oh. I stay away. He's, no, yeah. but you're a Yankee fan, right? I mean, you know that there's certain guys out no, oh, play I'm better a, chunkies. I'm, I'm
1: the, I'm the Yankee fan. You're the, Yanke, Eric's a the Yankee. Eric's the Yankee fan. He's excited that CC Sabathia weighs over 300. Pounds. I'm very excited. Absolutely,
2: about that. and I'm excited when Pablo Carlos yes, Santana. Me too. <laughs> yes. There's
0: nothing. There's nothing wrong with a little chunk. There's
2: I totally promote it. Yes, so, every day. So
0: sad. <laughs> Some some guys are meant to be a little bit heavier, and they just perform better that Is way.
1: That what, that's what I should tell my wife.
2: Yes. I perform better when I'm true. a little bit, little bit heavier.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> well, you got to perform love. better, though, before you can say that. You know, you can't just say that's that. That's true. That's true. She knows. you, well, you got to check she, the
0: back of your baseball you You're going to have vert.
2: to ask
1: her about that, Andrew. I don't know.
2: But... <laughs> I'll just keep Andrew, it. Just... What?
1: Go ahead. What's that? <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just All right, all right. Yeah, let's let's get back on <laughs> One last question before we uh, before we wrap up. Any surpri- I mean, we know what we're getting: Strasburg, Scherzer, Jordan Zimmerman, Geil, Doug Fister, even Just Tanner. A tremendous
0: Rook. pitching staff.
1: Are there is there anybody on this team though? Maybe maybe an NL only guy or somebody in the mix that you'd watch on the waiver wire, who you could get under the radar and, and surprise people with. A guy like a uh, a Tyler Moore or a Michael Taylor or a Nate McLeod. Any of these guys, especially with the worth uh, injury, jail, whatever he's got going on this off season, uh, I forgot all there, about.
2: Interesting. It's, yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. I I forgot all about Nate McLeod when I was making my list of like over the hill, part time, um, half players that they've acquired. Like they have him, <laughs> and then they have like Ian Stewart. They have Dan Ugla, They got Heath Bell, Mike Carp, Evan Meek. They have Tyler Moore. I mean, that honestly. This is one of the only teams that I just don't see any one of these guys like getting one guy I can imagine getting some shots at the closer role if Storin has a bumpy ride because Storin actually hasn't, you know, I'm a big fan of Storin, but I don't know if he's ready for a full season as the closer. He did tremendous in the last month of the season, but Casey Jansen could potentially – Possibly pick up some saves if Storin goes down. But that's all, you know, you're not going to go out and get him yet. You're going to wait until that you start seeing some bad numbers from storin because he definitely, I mean, they decided not to bring Clipper back. They decided not to bring Soriano back. So they're relying on this guy. But out of those um, position players, like, none of them have a good batting average. None of them are even, you almost rather would just have a blank spot in your roster than put Dan Ugla in there, you know, or Ian Stewart. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really they see that.
1: Bring, uh, the, are you go surprised ahead. they got rid of Tyler Clippers? Very surprised. i with-
2: very surprised and heartbroken over it. That's their biggest weakness now. And I really don't get why they let him go. Be- they say that they let him go because, his ar- you know, he was getting t- – To be too expensive in arbitration. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, you just pay the guy what he's worth and you don't have to worry about it, people. This guy's come through for you, like, the past. He's been one of the best middle relief pitchers in baseball, no doubt about it. And to just let him go, like, there, it's like the Yankees letting go of David Robertson. It makes no sense to me. Yeah,
1: I agree. And now you got Tanner Rourke. Um, I'm assuming he's going to kind of slide into a. Some type, he's got to have some type of significant role in the bullpen now. Or do you think eventually down the road, if there's a weakness in the bullpen, uh, one of those free agent eligible starting pitchers go, and they slide Roth back into the rotation?
2: So I think that Rorick deserves to be a starter somewhere, and I don't think it's right for the Nationals to even keep holding on to him if they don't have a starting role. He proved himself in the rotation. You can't demote a guy to the bullpen just because you have too many pitchers, especially when you just acquired another one. So I think that instead of people talking about trading Ian Desmond away, which I think would be a huge mistake, it would be very dramatic, very tragic to see him go, but I think that they would be better off to trade Tanner Rorick to a everybody needs a starting pitcher except for the Nationals. So it's not like he would be that hard to pawn off. So I would assume that he's going to get traded. For his sake, I hope.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Andrea, March 22nd, I believe, is Tout Wars. That's Saturday. You guys are going to be in the city that day, correct?
2: Yes. Are you? We
1: we are going to do our best to get there, Eric and I. I can't wait uh, to see you guys. I'll oh, meet right. with I gotta ask though. I've I've well, let me ask. Last what happened year, what, happened? what happened? What
2: happened, Andrea? The um, legend I was think... gonna meet us at
1: Foley's. What happened?
2: Yeah, so that was pretty much my yeah. fault. Cause I was out <laughs> I was out walking the streets. Okay, I was out thrift shopping all day, stopping at each Mexican restaurant, having a margarita here and a margarita there. And then on my way home, I found the hard rock cafe. They were advertising these kiss uh like, one-of-a-kind, limited-edition t-shirts, and I know that Scotty Engel loves Kiss, so I went into the uh, Hard Rock Cafe, and I ended up in there, like, for an hour or so, and I was just, you know, ready to crash when I got back to the hotel, so it wasn't really his fault. He probably didn't want to tell that story, but that's the truth. That's what it is.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Listen, Andrea, we got to do this again. This was fun.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'll be in touch, and... uh, Maybe after Tout Wars, you come back on and you let us know uh, how you feel it went that day.
2: Any time, thanks.
1: Awesome, thanks a lot for your time, Andrea. Andrea Lamont, RotoExperts dot com, uh, first female ever to be entered in Tout Wars, and an entirely. I I'm, I want to spend some time after we get off the air mm-hmm. and and go to that site, that Chandler Park site, mm-hmm. and really take a look at at uh at the rules of that. That's fascinating. It really is a combination. You do a yearly draft, but then after a month you get to reboot. Yeah, and it's like uh, daily leagues, it's, it's pretty cool. It is. It's uh, it seems very cool. I I like the concept a lot, and uh, and it should that should be fun. I'm I'm looking forward. And I'm looking forward to meeting up with them. Looking forward to having her on the show again. A lot of baseball knowledge there. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, and great, great. The stuff. arguments
0: they must have at the kitchen. Oh table. my
1: gosh. Oh. It's got to be phenomenal. Yeah. It's got to be phenomenal what they uh, what goes on there. Anyway, Eric, let's continue. Let's talk a little more National League East. And, and I agree with just about everything Andrea said there about the Washington Nationals. You look at that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. To me, the only player on that team who's maybe not getting drafted in their starting rotation, in their starting lineup, is, you know, Escobar at second base. Right. In a mixed league. Okay. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 100%. Start the entire starting staff is is fantasy relevant. The entire lineup is fantasy relevant. The closer Drew Storen is fantasy relevant. A lot of
0: fantasy relevance.
1: I mean, Ian Desmond. I think, and, and maybe you disagree. Is Ian Desmond the best fantasy shortstop out there?
0: Um, is he better than I mean, Tulawitsky? He's better than Tulawitsky. In this, if if they both play a full season, I'd rather have Tulawitsky. But you gotta have a guy who's gonna play a full season, and then has, and that has to be. Uh, Rendon, I mean, Tulitsky, gosh, if he could play 140 games, you would be thrilled.
1: Yeah, so I, that's why, to me, I take Ian Desmond. Uh, you got to love Rendon, second base, third base. Donard's oh, Desmond, fan. I'm sorry. Denard's fan, solid average, runs scored, stolen bases. She seems to like Bryce Harper. Are you willing to go Bryce Harper? She's all in
0: on Bryce Harper. Are
1: you willing to go Warren second or see, third round? I mean, I... Ten home runs of his last 13 came at the end of the season, like That's Andrew true. said. That's true, and maybe
0: he learns how to play a little bit better. you got to see how healthy he is. Um, I liked what she said, though, about having the number one pick in the draft that she's looking at. Like, does she want to spend $41 on Mike Trout? That's a lot of money.
1: When she could get three Bryce Harper. Three Harper's. Bryce Harper. Oh, is it a Bryce Harper and an Andrew nkarnowski and yeah. Stone
0: for the price of Mike Trout? You'd probably Trout. almost rather have those two combinations than just have Mike Trout. Um, I thought that was a very interesting... Um, take on it, you know, most people well, well, wouldn't even think about well,
1: it. Well, that's the bit. thing with an auction, and we'll experience it, yeah, it's and pretty I f- did the
0: auction last year,
1: I get, I actually got caught up in the bidding last year for Paul Goldschmidt, yeah, in an NL only, a lot of the same guys are in it, yeah, I got drawn up, in. I got, and I got, I got amped up, right, I got caught up, and I think I spent close to 35 or $40 on Goldschmidt, and then I, I was like, okay, it's not terrible, like, he's the premier first baseman, you know, all of that, right, but then, in hindsight, I also got Anthony Rizzo for twenty bucks,
0: right, and then fifteen dollars cheaper, similar statistics
1: yeah so for yeah, yeah so fifteen twenty dollars less, I got Rizzo Rizzo was my utility player, I had Goldschmidt what could i have how could I have taken that extra twenty and spread it out over three or four other guys potentially and improved my overall team is you know the hindsight is always yeah you' is always twenty twenty
0: yeah it's it's easy, always easy to look after and say, why did I do that right. you know, like uh, what was I thinking at that moment in time but You live and you learn, Anthony. Now, what about
1: Ryan Zimmerman? Are you willing to draft him as your number one third baseman? I'm not interested in him as a first baseman. He will gain eligibility quickly this year because he is going to play first base. But at the start of the season, he's a third baseman. Who would you rather, Pablo Sandoval or Ryan Zimmerman? I'll ask you the question that Andrew posed.
0: It's very interesting. I I think they're pretty close. I mean, the two years before last year, Zimmerman played 147 and 145 games. So, I mean, last year was full of injuries for him. Um, he had 26 homers and 25 home runs those two years, 95 RBIs, 79 RBIs, and between the two years averaged about 280. Um, based in today's Major League Baseball, you know, 280 average is about 20 points higher than the league average, and the power numbers are better than most guys also. Because, I mean, what was there, how, 10 guys or 12 guys with 30-plus home runs yes. last year? Um, I think he's more of a flyer, and I'd rather take more of a flyer actually on Zimmerman. Than Pablo Sandoval, yeah. I I I if I had to choose between the two, I would take Zimmerman. I also think that um, there's a lot of space in that lineup for him to be super productive, um, and maybe switching over to first base does save his body a little bit, and he's able to play more games. So um, if I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go Zimmerman if I had to. Yeah, I agree. I I
1: uh, I I agree, I agree with for... the legend, Lenny, <laughs> the legend, and you, I guess.
0: I'm I'm second legend. I'm a
1: legend in training. I like to think. Yes. I'm a legend in training, but I try. An
0: apprentice legend.
1: Uh, a Padawan. A Padawan legend from Star Wars. Isn't that what that? that
0: was? I never watched Star Wars. <laughs>
1: that's why you're as screwed up as you are. Yes. <laughs> I've never.
0: I sat for like half hour of a movie once. Just, are you serious? Yeah. I just did not. We may uh, have to
1: cancel show next Wednesday just so I can get you caught up on the. Uh,
0: that's something we're gonna have to. We'll, get, we'll talk about that. All right, later Eric. Time.
1: Let's move along to my team, the New York Mets, and I'm gonna try to be a little. Impartial, so I'm actually going to defer to you on a lot of what we're going to talk about here with the New York. You're blinded
0: by the Met, uh, the Met light.
1: Let's look at the starting lineup, okay? Before we look at the rotation, because I think there's it's actually two very different conversations. Okay. When you look at the starting lineup, is there anything fantasy relevant in the Mets starting lineup? Uh, You know, we'll start with you know Lucas. Dude has got an oblique, which is always scary. He's out until at least early March. You've got names like David Wright and Michael Kadire, Daniel Murphy, Travis Darno behind the plate, G- uh, uh, Curtis Granderson, Lagaris, who's a gold glover in center right. field, and then the unknown, that is Wilma Flores in shortstop. In a mixed league, NL only is different. In an NL only, all of these guys have value. But in a mixed league, right? anything, anything you're looking um, for here?
0: I, I mean, I like players like Daniel Murphy. They fill a lot of categories. Um, solid ball player, second base eligible. Um, not that really interested in Kadai or David Wrights. Duda, I was interested in and still interested in. I just don't like the oblique injury. Those things seem to linger forever. I hope that the Mets just do the right thing by him, and he does the right thing. Shut it down early in the season until it's ready. You know, Don't rush yourself through uh, some spring training games just to get the at-bats. Darno's interesting. He's interesting to me because I feel like... There, there was some definitely some, like, positive moments there for him. He was and, he played
1: very well. Yeah. When he came
0: back up from being sent so, down. So I'm a little interested by him as possibly you know, a, a pickup th- during the season Mm-hmm. Um, or drafting him as a backup. Like, if I were to take maybe Brian McCann or something, and he ends up batting, like, 218 and struggling to hit power, maybe I'll switch him out for Adorno or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe as a backup, you know, I, I'd probably go undrafted. To me,
1: Darno is worth taking as a flyer catcher. Yeah. Late. Cause okay. This is a guy, remember, who's been traded for two Cy Young winners. Mm. So there's offensive talent there.
0: You don't get traded for that and not have any potential. Exactly.
1: Um, I like Duda for the power source at first base. David Wright, to me, in a thin position,
0: he's going to be a starting third right. baseman somewhere.
1: Daniel Murphy, I think, is a starting I like second baseman. Um,
0: I mean, Darno's only played 139 Major League games in his... Right. I mean, he played That's 108 it. games last year. You and know, what it, were his final numbers? And he hit 13 homers, 41 RBIs, and a two forty-two average.
1: If he gets that average up to two fifty-five with 15 homers, I he's mean, a you, legitimate Major League catcher then.
0: Yeah, and 48 runs scored. So, you know, if you add a little bit more onto each one, maybe it's like a 16-17 home run season with about 60 RBIs. It's not a bad season from a catcher, to be honest. No, it's really um, not. So he he he's interesting. He, he's probably good value to and to get him weight. And pe- most people think about the Mets' offense as being putrid anyway, and they might pass over a guy like him. So yeah. Now
1: Kadire, I think he's a backup outfielder you would draft, uh, uh, an extra
0: outfielder. He doesn't really interest me to be honest.
1: He Kadire can hit.
0: He can hit, but I, I mean, this is a guy. This is a guy I'm who's about, hit. I know over, 300 over. plus. I I know something about it. Just doesn't interest me personally, but okay. You know, if he's I mean, on the board and late, I'll probably draft him. Statistically,
1: you know, three thirty-two, three thirty-one. The last two years, I know. Last year, he only played in about fifty games. Two thousand thirteen was a terrific season. Eighty-four RBIs, twenty home runs.
0: He did it uh, all that year.
1: Yeah, you know, he's going to give you fifteen homers, seventy or so RBIs. He's a he's a he's a what they call a professional hitter.
0: <laughs> I love that. I you know, love
1: that term. He's, he he doesn't do anything great, but he does a lot of things all right, and uh, you know some some stuff. Lenny's on here, and he's chiming in. He's reminding us Yeah, Lucas Duda with the oblique. Uh, yeah, and I saw this too. Lenny's mentioning they may switch up their lineup a little bit, put Granderson at the top of the lineup, dropped okay. in, Murphy down. I like that idea. I like the idea of Murphy driving in runs.
0: He Do you le- like your leadoff better? Yeah, I guess he's on base. Grant- it's the same on base percentage as Murphy. Granderson's on base percentage is good. Yeah, it just carries a 220 average. But
1: what's his on base percentage?
0: Rough, I think it's roughly 100 points higher. Okay. So, you so it's know, it, an okay I
1: mean, on-base percentage. Let
0: me just look real quick what it was last year. Um, 227 average, 326 on-base percentage. So
1: he's willing to draw a walk. Kevin Long is now the hitting coach where he's had his best success mm-hmm. while he was with the Yankees with Kevin Long. Uh, I'm not a huge Granderson guy by any means. I don't like the 220. But if he could get an on-base percentage of 340, there's your, there's your leadoff hitter. Right. You know, a 340 on-base percentage you'll take... Out of your leadoff hitter. Now, Eric, let's go over to the starting staff. The real strength of the Mets team, I think just about all of these guys will be owned. I mean, I think Matt Harvey will get drafted. Zach Wheeler, obviously. Jacob DeGrom. Okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Jonathan Neese is worth a late-round pick. Dylan G is slated to go to the bullpen if he doesn't get traded. Bartolo Colon. I'm not going to draft him. But if he gets off to a hot start, I could see people adding him in a mixed league.
0: Yeah, I mean, he still won 15 games last year. Four plus ERA, though. So, it's interesting what he's got left in the tank at, what, are you, 50? How old is he now? <laughs> he might be. I don't know. Um, he, he, he's interesting because he throws, like, two pitches. A two-seam fastball and a four-seam fastball and maybe a, a little slider changeup once in a while.
1: But he hits his spot and it's amazing. Pitch. But it's every amazing.
0: Pitch. And he came back from nowhere. Like, he was gone and then he came back and... I, I like Cologne as your fifth starter, to be honest. I think that's, you know, fourth, fifth starter. I think that's fantastic to have a guy like him at the end of your rotation. Um, yeah, like you said, though, I probably wouldn't draft him. I mean, I'm not that interested in him. But you draft a guy, he gets hurt. You draft a guy, he's not doing so well. Cologne it's an easy could be switch.
1: Nice. Now, how are you willing to take a flyer on a Noah Syndergaard and uh, assume he's going to be up at some point this year?
0: Where is he fitting into that rotation?
1: He's going to come in and For Cologne? Cologne. Or if they move Nice, yeah. he's got to come up eventually.
0: Yeah, they've been they've been he's keeping him in the uh doldrums for a while five now.
1: Prospect in all of baseball. How does he not come up?
0: Um, I I don't know what the Mets do ever. So to be honest, I I don't know. I guess they they're gonna bring him up.
1: They're gonna I'm bring 100% him up. I'm
0: percent sure they're bringing him up. Somebody's
1: gonna get hurt too. And when somebody gets hurt, he's gonna come up. You know, Dylan G right now is the sixth. He's going to the bullpen. But if Syndergaard is down in AAA and he's pitching well, right. And remember, don't don't deny the fact of the league he pitches in uh, out there in Vegas.
0: Right. It's a real league. It's a
1: a hitter's league. Right. It's a tough pitcher's uh, uh, league. The altitude and all that. Paul
0: flies out there. Flies
1: out. So I like Syndergaard as well. Be wary of the Mets' bullpen, however. Henry Mejia is going to start. But they keep saying that it's Bobby Parnell's job when he gets back. Okay. Unless Mejia is really dealing that, that closer position for the Mets could really be in flux between Henry Mejia, between Bobby Parnell when he comes back, and Familia, who might have the best arm of the whole bunch. The kid throws over 96
0: miles an hour. He's got some good stuff. You
1: know, so there's, there's some arms out there. Vic Black throws hard. He's more slated to be a middle reliever. You're going to have Dylan G back there, it looks like, to start the season if he doesn't get traded. So be wary. I'm not saying don't draft Mejia. But understand he might not make it through the whole season. Not even based on numbers, just they may want to go back to Parnell. You don't know how that's yeah. gonna play out and and slide Mejia into the into that seven spot. Uh Lenny's saying Melnick will, uh, Bob, Parnell will never get his job back. Really? I don't know. I'm a little nervous about, about uh Mejia. His control could be an issue at times, and Lenny and Lenny's pointing out something I actually was going to point out. You got to be patient with Harvey this year, right? He may be in a situation, especially in the month of April
0: and into May, where he's going to get hit. Well, your location could be an issue, you know. Well, the location could be too good. Well, yeah, I mean, he might throw too many strikes, and he might hit the plate too much, and mm-hmm. you know. So I, you definitely. If you're in a league where a guy, maybe Harvey gets off to a slow start and he's trying to sell him, I I would I would, I would, him would buy him. Absolutely. I would buy him right away.
1: I got him in the mock draft we did about 10 days ago in the 7th round and I'd have to happy steal with in
0: the 7th round.
1: But you got to be willing you got to ride kids. out. You may have to ride out April. I'm not expecting him to come out in his first start and paint black all day.
0: Right. Especially when in New York it could be 40 or 50 degrees. Outside.
1: Exactly. That so. could be an issue as well. You know, he points out that Adam Wainwright when he came back from Tommy John surgery, pitched to an ERA of almost six in his first seven starts. Rebounded, had a good right, year. It's yeah, so a yeah. long season. you got to remember that. But I agree with you. If you could get somebody getting frustrated, mm-hmm. we, who did we talk about last
0: week? Scott Casimir. Scott Casimir.
1: Now, Scott sell Casimir, high. sell high and buy low on a Harvey if he struggles early. I love that idea if that plays out. All right, Eric, let's move on. Okay. Next team, we want to talk about the Miami Marlins, a team that made a lot of moves in the offseason. Um, they added Dee Gordon at second base. They added Mike Morse at first base. They added Martin Prado at third. And they're going with a good young outfield. They gave John Carlos Stanton enough money to buy the you know, an the
0: island, world. if
1: you want. Yeah, really. Dee Gordon, a lot of people are saying, I'm not expecting the same things from Dee Gordon. He struggled second half last year. He's on a team now that can bop. John Carl Stanton's gonna be batting two spaces behind him. Can you relatively expect the sixty plus steals out of a D Gordon again? A that, that justify him going in the fifth round? Or or are you not willing to go that early for D Gordon? Are you gonna wait him out and grab another second baseman later on?
0: Um I'm I'm not reaching for D Gordon in the fifth or sixth round. I you know, he's gonna probably hit a decent average, probably about two eighty. Um He's not going to drive in many runs, so steal a lot of bases. He's not going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He may score, you know, he'll probably score 80-plus runs. He could score 80-plus runs in that lineup. So are you willing to pay for a guy in round five that fills basically two categories? That's it. He's going to maybe fill two categories, run, scored and stolen bases. And I'm not paying that high for two, you know. on base. He doesn't walk. His on-base percentage is slightly higher than his batting I think he walked four error.
1: times the entire second right. half of the season. I so, think
0: you know to to me I'm staying away from Degore unless I could get him a little bit later than fifth round or fourth round or sixth round or whatever that is. I'm I'm looking much later for him. He'll go higher, so I won't get him, but I don't think that's such a bad thing. Mhm. Um
1: it's going to be interesting how the Marlins lineup plays out. Christian Yallish, Willie Bat second, Willie Bat third, Martin right. Prado. See to me, Martin Prado in the sixth spot makes no sense. I'd put him up at number 2. Yeah, I,
0: I, That's the projection. I don't I don't see that.
1: Yeah, Yelich down into more of an RBI spot. But I love that young outfield. Yelich has the potential to be a, a double-digit homer, 20-plus steel guy, score you some runs. John Stanton, we've talked about him. He's a top-five pick. Me, personally, would you go John Stanton at two or three?
0: Uh, Regular standard. I, I think you could go either way. i don't not cutcher
1: this... with John Colosan.
0: I'd probably take McCutcheon.
1: So John Giancarlo III. Yeah,
0: so if, I would probably say John III. Are you
1: concerned about the fastball to the face being an issue this
0: year? No. No. Okay. I don't think so.
1: Mike Morse. I'm not a Mike Morse guy in a mixed league, NL-only league. He's nice. Marcelo Jr., he's a guy who can hit you 20 home runs. Not uh, a great on-base percentage guy, but he can hit the ball over the fence. Salto la late-round flyer. Heck of area. Good defensive shortstop. Not much of an offensive piece. Starting staff, though, has some talent. Matt Latos, who they picked up from the Reds. Henderson Alvarez was terrific the second half of the season last year for the Marlins. Definitely worth a draft spot. Uh, Dan Harron's on the talent. Eric, the other pitcher Is he, he going to pitch
0: for them? Because he's he like a temper tantrum yeah, about uh, being traded. You
1: know, as of now, he's still a Marlins, so you got to figure he's
0: going to pitch. It's tough to walk away from that money. Huh? That is a lot of money. I wouldn't walk away. No.
1: I, I would go to throw pitch. baseball
0: to, to do what you've done for 20, 15 years or whatever. I know. mean,
1: it's a different story. You're uprooting family. I get that. What but about Jose Fernandez, though, Eric?
0: The H, right. The other.
1: the Miami's Matt Harvey. Uh, playing catch-up to 150 feet as of February 20th. Expected to begin throwing off a mound March 1st. Hoping to be back by June. Is he worth rostering?
0: See, it's, uh, only if you have an injury spot. To me, to draft a guy who's maybe expected back in June, maybe, and that's if all goes well.
1: And then, if and then we, he's got to
0: have the growing pains of maybe six or seven stars. Like Matt
1: Harvey. So the maybe way-mights. you get a,
0: a, a solid month out of him. By then it could be too late if you've, you've wasted an entire roster spot. To me, I'm not drafting him unless I have an injury spot that I could slot him into and possibly you know, use him late in the season. I'm not drafting him. Not interested. No. I agree. Too long. It's too long of a wait right. for a guy. If you know, he's back in June, long.
1: you're hoping he's back in mid-season form. Then by mid-July, yeah, end but of July. You, and it, you're right; your season's already so over.
0: Fantasy season ends, you know, I depending mean, on
1: the format. Depending on
0: the format, could end you know a month from then. Right. So, uh, to me, I'm not willing to waste a roster spot for that. I agree. He's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I'll draft him the following year.
1: Yeah, the following year. Let him come out and tear yeah. it up, and then skyrocket in the drafts, and we talk about him yep. a year from now. Steve Schiechek, the closer, he's pretty solid. Not a high strike. He's a you know strikeout burning guy. Ninety-two mile an hour fastball or so. He'll give you thirty saves. This should be a pretty good team. Interesting battle, I think, in the National League between the Mets and the Marlins. Who will be the second place team there? I think if the Marlins had Jose Fernandez for the whole season, I would lean that way. Okay, him being out. The back end of their rotation is not nearly as good as the Mets. And, uh, you know, being a homer and all, I may go that way as, <laughs> as well.
0: Eric, you have to have a little homer on you. Yeah.
1: There you go. The Atlanta Braves, a team that has rebuilt. Uh, B.J. Upton's got a new first name.
0: Yeah, what's, what was he Was
1: it? Melvin? Is it Melvin? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. know. I really didn't pay much attention. nothing to do
0: with the B or the J. No,
1: nothing to do. So I was confused, and I tuned out right away. Um, But they've made some significant moves.
0: Maybe it'll help his batting average. You
1: know, they moved Evan Gaddis to the Astros, Justin Upton to the Padres. So you're looking at a team really now where Freddie Freeman is the cornerstone of this team. He's at first base. Uh, uh, Second base, they moved Tommy LaStella to the Cubs. Mm -hmm. is going to be at second potentially. Andrelton Simmons, terrific defensive player. An improving offensive player. That guy Chalaspo
0: Chuck- finds himself like in every team. He just bounces around all over the uh,
1: place. Chris Johnson is at third, who was a big disappointment last year after a terrific season two years ago. Outfield, uh, doesn't make sense to me. Johnny Gomes, nice clubhouse presence, some raw power. Gives you a decent on-base He's a solid percentage. bench player.
0: He's a good Yeah, bench gives player. you an on-base Not percentage. an everyday player. He's not
1: an everyday left fielder. B.J. Upton, we know the disaster he's been. And then they moved, and we forgot to mention Jason Hayward. They moved Hayward Opt in Gaddis, and they spend money on Nick Marcakis, and then Nick Marcakis goes off and has neck surgery. Um, These, he is, yeah. He's I, cleared I, to full activities uh, as of today, so he should be ready by opening day. But Nick Marcakis is a good ball player, and i only league. I'll spend a couple of bucks on him. Right. Gives you a good on base percentage, gives you a little pop, should score some runs. But but I it's look at It's not a this great team. lineup at all. A Freddie Freeman in a mixed league and then I'm done.
0: I'm trying to find something else in there. Not much. In a mixed league, forget it. I'm not I would never touch BJ Upton. Markakis, maybe in like round like twenty three. Yeah. Just because you like him. You, you know, know I don't know.
1: They've got the young rookie catcher, Bethancourt. I I'm I gotta see it before I you know, just like Darneau. I want to see something before, well, I, before I, I, I grab. I I
0: like what was said earlier about you know having a track record. To be honest, you know mm-hmm. you know having a bigger sample space. So, I think that's important. You know, I, I mean I'm not spending you know I'm not making betting you know Bethancourt my number one catcher. No, starting staff: Julio
1: Tehran, Mike Miner, Alex Wood, Shelby Miller. There's some talent there.
0: Uh, I mean, I like the Shelby Miller pickup for them. I think that was. Yeah, I think that's fine.
1: Are you concerned about the offense and this team now not getting as many wins potentially?
0: Um, well, one of the rules in fantasy, right? They say never chase wins, but they're not going. I don't think they're going to win many games. So, I mean, you look at Julio Tehran. He's projected maybe a fourteen, fifteen wins. I think that's maybe even too high because I just don't think they're going to have enough offense, especially to compete with like a teams like you know even their own division, the Nationals. I mean, they might go 3-16 and 16 against the Nationals for all we know. Um, I, I really don't like this team at all, fantasy-wise. No, Tyron, really. he's
1: going to give you a good ERA. He should give you an ERA of about three. Last year, he'll yeah, have a solid whip.
0: will strike out a couple guys. And... Strikes out
1: 186 batters in 221 innings. Not a terrible rate. Uh, swinging strike percentage of 10.7%, so it's not bad. Uh, and he takes the ball two years now in a row where he's thrown over 30 starts. They'll give you
0: 200 innings. He'll eat, eat innings for you. But I, I mean, to me, he,
1: I, I have no problem using him as maybe my third starter yeah. on my fantasy team. Uh, Mike Miner, ton of potential. He was got awful last year. Mike Miner might be a guy you could get very late and very cheap in an auction, maybe sneak him through. You know, this was a guy who last year, and I was high on him, last year he went 6-12, 4-7-7. I had him. The uh, year before, though, he was 13-9, and 3.21, uh, 204 innings pitched then. So Miner could be a guy. Maybe you sneak through. You grab him with a little value there right. as well. Shelby Miller. I don't like him as much as you. To me, St. Louis is an interesting team. When St. Louis Cardinals say no, that for me yeah. is a red flag cause yeah, but me, they needed
0: an outfielder though. They did
1: need an outfielder. They needed an outfielder. But so they gave up Miller. Now Miller last year, you know, he went on the season. Uh, he was not great. He was not any part of the postseason roster. He went ten and nine, three seventy four. Only 127 strikeouts in 183 innings. Strikeout rate went way down last year compared to 2013. Right. Uh, you know, swinging strike percentage was low; it was only seven percent. Whereas in his rookie year of 2012, in 13 innings pitch, it was at 12.2 percent. So that concerns me a little bit. Right. Uh, I, you know, late, late at best, and a lonely, different story, obviously. Yeah. But uh, late at best. Now, but what about o- Kim- overall
0: this fantasy team? This team fantasy wise is brutal. What
1: about Kimbrel? He's the premier closer in baseball. Are, are you the type of guy who's going to grab him in this? No. Uh, You'll just, wait out that. I'll one. wait it out.
0: I mean, even with with this type of team, though, he's going to you know he still get his saves. But you know, I mean, why? I I never understand spending for saves like spending high uh, high draft pick for saves. I'll I won't. get it. I won't and I won't spend a lot. Last year and it's funny.
1: When I did the NL only last year, that, with a lot of the same guys, not all the same people as the one we're in this year, I spent money on two relievers in the auction. Mm-hmm. I got Jonathan Papelbon for 10 bucks, and I got Mark Melanson, who on draft day was not the closer in Pittsburgh. Jason right. really still was. I got him for like $2. By by
0: May, Melanson was closing. Right And... Lights out, and you spent two bucks,
1: and I spent two bucks. Uh, I won't spend big on a closer, and uh, and and that's that. I I'll take the Mejia, I'll take the Familia of the Mets up for a dollar, and and and, that's a and, and roll good. with that, and roll with that as well. All right, Eric. Final team: the Philadelphia Phillies, a team that desperately wants to rebuild, but nobody seems to want their players.
0: <laughs> well, they can't get rid of what they have. So. You know.
1: Uh, You got Ryan Howard at first, you got Chase Utley at second, they moved Jimmy Rollins, shortstop's going to Freddie Galvis, third base Cody Ash, until Mikel Franco, their premier prospect, at least uh, position player, is ready. Dominic Brown, after a very good year two years ago, was terrible last year in the outfield, Ben Revere in center, Darren Ruff potentially in right, now that they they moved Martin Bird. Mm Mm-hmm. Carlos Ruiz behind the plate. You know, they they still have a very good, top-heavy starting staff in Cole Hamels and Cliff Lee. It's really all that's worth mentioning. Buchanan, uh, young kid, still got to see what he can do. Jerome mm-hmm. Williams. And then the infamous Aaron Harang here on the show. <laughs> scheduled to be he the a special starter place forever. Will we ever, will always remember Aaron Harang here. But, Eric, you look at his team. Ryan Howard, Chase Utley. Mm. Are you willing to take Utley as a starting second baseman? He, he does seem to have something left in the tank. He wasn't terrible last year. Are you willing to take Ryan Howard's 230, 220 batting average for the potential home run threat? Uh, uh, your thoughts on those guys? Uh,
0: a bit of a mess uh, fantasy-wise, fantasy-wise to me. I mean, I think Ryan Howard's possibly worth a late-round draft pick, really, like last-round type pick um just for the potential home run power. Um do I think Chase Utley's a starting second baseman? I think he could in like a 14 team league, like, you know, something like that where there's, you know, a couple extra spots. In a 10 team league, I don't know if he's in the top 10 second baseman anymore, to be honest. No. Did play 155 games last year. Hit 11 homers, 78 RBIs, batted 270, 10 stolen bases. I mean, he still fills the categories pretty good. He
1: does. That's just it. He fills So maybe
0: is like 9th or 10th. I mean, I, all right, I, here I, we go.
1: Here we go. Right, obviously, Jose Altuve, Robinson Cano, Anthony Rendon, Dee Gordon, all before Chase
0: Hartley. Right. Ian
1: Kinsler will go before him.
0: Yes. Oh, Ian Kinsler, definitely. Daniel Murphy. I would pick Murphy over him. Josh Harrison of Pittsburgh. He's going
1: to play third base. Mostly. I like Josh Harrison. So do I. Brian Dozier of Minnesota, 20 homers, 20 steals last year.
0: Well, comparing the two just off that, you take Dozier.
1: Okay. Howie Kendrick of the Dodgers.
0: See, I don't really like Howie Kendrick. See, I do. I disagree with you on that. Yeah. we, we were gonna... Howie Kendrick
1: to me is so underrated. By the end of the year, he's hitting 10 homers and batting
0: 290. And I'm not a huge fan. I'm just not a fan. I don't know. He doesn't do it for me. Neil Walker. Uh... 20 home runs last year. Yeah. I like Neil Walker better and better than Chase Utley. Utley. Better than Chase Utley.
1: Jason Kipnis of Cleveland.
0: See, I think he'll have a better year than he had last year.
1: Dustin Pedroia.
0: That's interesting. Another aging second baseman. I think Pedroia's got probably more in the tank than than Utley. So I mean, uh, to me, Utley, I guess, is in the the twelve fourteen range. Right now,
1: you're looking at now you're looking at Do you want the young kid like a Colton Wong of the Cardinals or Chase Utley? What a great name! I would go Colton Wong. Based on name alone. Obviously. But, you know, with uh, Colton Wong before Chase Utley, uh, I would go there as well. So, yeah, Utley to me, if you decide to wait, you know, guys. Yeah, he hate, was
0: a stud, though.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, sure. But you know what? Eventually. Uh, From
0: 2005 to 2009, just 28 homers, 32 homers, yeah, 22 ridiculous. homers, 33 homers, 31. And stolen bases were in the teens also, which right. is sick. Yep. The knees went,
1: and then that was Not that. Not to mention
0: the 300 batting average,
1: too. Oh, yeah. He was a legitimate MVP. Now, what about Cole Hamels? To me, Cole Hamels, I could draft yeah. uh, round five as my uh, a late number one starter. See, Cole be- Hamels
0: has a bad – he put a bad taste in my mouth. I, I drafted him very high um, the year before in 2013 and just – it just didn't work out. I'm not taking him in the max. Well,
1: I can maybe go with the Max Scherzer categories for Cole Hamels. It's basically a strikeout per inning. Still throws 92 miles an hour. Don't chase wins, but I do think eventually he'll get traded. So you could get. Yeah, I think I
0: think he'll. I think he's worth definitely worth a draft pick there. You
1: know, respect. round four, round five. Yeah. I could roll with him as my number one. Now, what about Cliff Lee? Elbow. He was all sorts of injured last year. Questionable whether he's ready for opening day. But we know if he's healthy, he's Cliff Lee. He's a stud. Um, The Yankees have long coveted him. I mean, the crush they've had on him is ridiculous.
0: And I'll never get him.
1: But this guy, I mean, he's owed a boatload of money. He hasn't pitched to an ERA over 3.5 since 2007. Okay. His highest, oh, I'm sorry, 2014 last year he pitched to a 3.65. Yeah. But in only 13 games. Over a full season, he has yet to pitch over 3.5 ERA since 2007. The question with Cliff Lee is, is he healthy? At what point does Cliff Lee become no lo- what At what round is he no longer a risk and now worth the pick? Okay. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Round five, he's a huge risk. Round six, he's a risk. What round are you at the draft board? Or at what dollar amount in an auction is, are you going, now he's worth the risk?
0: Uh, I, I I am not interested in Cliff Lee. So at I, I, some point, you will be. I know, I know, be. I know, I know. When is that?
1: No, you can't say you're not interested. I'm not. Round 22.
0: Okay, round 22. Yeah, of course I'm interested.
1: Well, that's my point. At what point do you become interested?
0: Uh, For me, 16. 15, 16, 16 or later. An, I don't see him before that. In an auction... In a, if you could get him for 10 bucks, 5 bucks, 7 bucks, oh, 5 bucks I would definitely spend.
1: 10 bucks? Yeah.
0: Under 10 bucks, 5 to $10.
1: When does it become too high?
0: I wouldn't spend over 10
1: You wouldn't spend over 10 nah. The injury risk, the age, it's too I much. just
0: think, it's the, I mean, look at the number of innings. He's hes just logged in, I mean, 223, 231, 212, 232. It's got to catch up to you eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't like last year. I think it was a red flag last year. Cliff Lee or CeCe Sabathia? That's an interesting question.
1: Who do you trust more? Who has a better chance to rebound?
0: Probably Cliff Lee. Probably Cliff Lee? Yeah. You have that little faith in CeCe? No, I didn't say I have that little faith. I think they're both at the same point of their careers. I I think Cliff Lee's. I just think they're both two older left-handed pitchers who are hanging on to big money contracts. You know, I, I if they didn't have the big money, kind you know, I they're four and four, You know, they could be like CC's like a five starter now, a four starter. You know, I guess Cliff Lee. Or you pulling guard. Yeah, or <laughs> Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Cliff Lee pitching in the National League, I guess, interests me a little more than CC pitching the American League. Mm-hmm. I guess if if I had to flip a coin, that would that would do it for me. Okay, John Papelmon's scheduled to be the closer at some point,
1: though. you he hearing that he's going to move eventually, but he is slated to be the closer. Keep an eye if he gets moved. Ken Giles, uh, nice young arm, uh, throws 97 miles an hour, swinging sw- strike percentage of almost 16%. You know, the kid can gas. I like Giles. The kid can gas. He can. He can. There's no denying that. Uh, you know, last year.
0: I just love that expression, the kid can the gas. The kid can
1: gas. Last I've year, I've never heard that. Never heard that. Listen to these numbers. He's talking about bringing the gas, right? Last year at 23 right. years old, he, he appeared in 44 games, 45 innings, right? He's right. a one-inning guy. He went three and one with a one point one eighty ERA, a whip of .79. Here's what impresses me. Forty five innings pitched, sixty four strikeouts. Wow. To only eleven walks.
0: So nice. That's that's
1: nice. You know who's you know who that is? That's the National League's Dylan Patantis. Okay. That's the National League's Dylan Patantis. His time will come. He's the closer of the Phillies. He's the guy in that auction, and here I am talking about that auction, so people are listening and they're gonna steal my thunder. Right. Somebody will spend ten bucks on, on Papelbon you get Giles for three or four try to sneak him through if people aren 't paying attention. you grab him, you run with him because uh like I say, the kid can bring the gas
0: kid can bring the kid can
1: bring the gas that that's my phrase that's my that's my counter that's to that's all you huh that's my counter to your assessment of the Yankee jerseys uh in monument park yeah what was it the
0: Mortals bring, with the immortals. They're
1: bringing mortals in with the immortals. So there you go. But all right, Eric, we are actually over time by a minute or two. So we're, we are out of time officially. This has been a lot of fun tonight. Uh it's join so us. much
0: to talk about in an hour. It is. And yeah. we get it
1: all in. So God bless us <sighs> on that point, huh? We can always go a little longer if we ever have the energy.
0: But, I need a couch. <laughs> pillow. There
1: you go. I want to thank Andrea Lamont, rotoexperts.com. She joined us tonight. If you missed it, go back and listen. Great, great stuff talking about tout wars. And talking about the Nation- Washington Nationals with her. So thanks to her. A lot of fun. Make sure you follow her on that was Twitter. Fun. Twitter, at Roto Lady. You can follow her. Great, great stuff. And uh, looking forward to having her on again and uh, seeing how Tout Wars goes for her. Eric and I are with you, as you know, Smashers Radio every Wednesday night, 730 Eastern Time. So make sure you join us next week. Uh, we're going to talk two things next week. We're going to talk our Do Not Draft list. Ooh. Guys who you as are just staying away not from.
0: Age. I like that.
1: You know, everybody has that player who's burnt them in the past, and you want that breakup to be permanent. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> you we're hold a talk-
0: vendetta forever.
1: Absolutely. You know, we're also going to look at some other players who maybe we stay away from, and we'll also talk like we've been doing. We'll continue our divisional previews. We'll look at the National League Central from a fantasy perspective. Don't forget, you can follow us both on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Draft Smash Radio. Make sure you check that out, Draft, draft Smash Radio. Um, we're going to be posting, looking to do another mock draft uh, in the coming days. I like it. So uh, you follow us there, and we'll let you know when that is happening. Finally, don't forget, go to draftsmashers.com. The site has relaunched. It looks terrific. Uh, lots of great stuff. The free roll play is up for the daily players. The uh, the news feed is up and running. More and more stuff going up. Our articles will go up in the next day or two, so we're looking forward to that. You can read. If you're not happy with just listening to what we have to say, you can read it as well. And for those who haven't had enough of me, go back to Blog Talk Radio. This time, go to blogtalkradio.com slash rotoballer. I'll be joined with my friend, Real Talk Ralph. And, uh... We're going to be talking outfielders tonight on RotoBaller Radio there and RotoBaller.com. So RotoBaller.com, Draftsmasters.com. Eric and I every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes. For Eric Corsini, this is Anthony Aniano, and this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great West of your week, and we'll see you next Wednesday night, 730 Eastern, here on Draftsmasters Radio. Good night, folks.